Hi, this is Amber, and you're listening to Amber on Podcast. Hi, hello, and welcome to episode number 91 of Amber on Podcasts. I'm your host, Amber Camille Ligon, and this podcast is all about doing more good for more people. Thank you so much for joining me. We can't have a conversation about doing more good for more people without talking about how to do more good for yourself, how to get yourself on track and make sure you are feeling and performing your best so that you can live your life to the fullest. The reality is we all have bad days. Many of us have lots of bad days, and I am no different. Around the holidays, it's even easier to get off track. The stress and travel and schedule changes, dealing with family and going to events, buying gifts, making dinners, all of this is a great and joyous time to spend with family and loved ones. But It is also stressful and can leave me feeling like I'm not myself and not in control of myself. I have worked hard to transform my life and build a stronger version of myself, but this will never be a finished project. There's never going to come a time when I have arrived and I will no longer have to do the work to be the person I want to be. Every day, this takes work. It takes effort and focus to maintain the level of presence, peace, gratitude, and happiness that I want to enjoy in my life. Sometimes this work is much harder. Sometimes the work doesn't get done, and I am left feeling stressed, anxious, unsatisfied, angry, and often depressed. As 2019 draws to a close and we celebrate the holidays and spend time with family and friends, I want to share with you the tools I use to get myself back on track. These are tools that I picked up from the hundreds of experts I study and cover on this show, from the books I have read and the stories I have heard from other people, I use these techniques to help get myself back to the person I want to be. And they really work to keep me going down the right path. That's not to say I don't go down the wrong path, because I most certainly do. I make mistakes in my relationship or at work. I get stressed and anxious, and my mood turns me into someone you would never want to be around. I don't like this, which is why I need tools to help me dig myself out of the hole I bury myself in. Today, I am sharing the five tools I use to get myself back on track. These techniques are things you can do in the moment, things you can take action on immediately to help relieve the holiday stress or just the regular day-to-day stress of life. If you haven't yet, Please take a moment to subscribe to the show. Every Thursday, I release a new episode, and I would love to have you join me. So let's get to my top five lifesavers, and let's start the show.
When bad things happen in life and I lose my peace, I start to behave in ways I don't like. How do I know this? Because I start to get results I don't like. My relationship with my partner starts to fail. My work becomes overwhelming and tedious. I feel tired and worn out. Overall, I just don't feel like myself. I feel like my emotions and thoughts are running my life instead of me controlling my thoughts and emotions. This is a horrible feeling and can last hours, days, weeks, months. It can set me back considerably and cause damage in my life. I want to avoid this damage as much as I possibly can, not only for my own happiness and life satisfaction, but also because I am serious about doing good work in the world. I'm serious about doing more good for more people, and I can't do this if I'm not good myself. There's an author who I really admire. Her name is Cleo Wade. And Cleo says that healed people heal people, just like hurt people hurt people. And if I'm not careful, I let my hurt take over me and I become a hurt person and can hurt other people. My goal is to be a healed person so that I can also heal people, but this takes work. I've done a lot of transformation over the last few years, but this is training that must happen or I lose everything I've gained. Which is why I need these tools and reminders to help me be the person I want to be and heal myself and love myself. I don't have self-love and self-care. I practice self-love and self-care. What we have to keep in mind is that self-care is how we show self-love. So self-care is a big part of what I practice to stay on top of my game. Now for the tools. These are listed in no particular order and can be applied as you see fit. There's no wrong way or right way to do these. It's all about finding what fits into your life and what works best for you. Number one is an acronym that I use very often. It's called HALT, H-A-L-T. This technique is useful for me because my mood can change dramatically when I'm stressed or anxious or tired or hungry. I get into a terrible mood and this is impossible to hide from others. I'll notice myself giving short responses, talking over people, getting very impatient or short-tempered. But before I get to this point, I use the HALT technique. And I ask myself, am I hungry, angry, lonely, or tired? H-A-L-T, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. If any of these things apply, which they always do, then I know that I am not in a good place to make decisions. This doesn't stop me from having the feelings that I have, but it does keep me from acting out on those feelings. It grounds me and gives me perspective. So I know this won't last forever. This feeling won't last forever. This is something that will pass and is most often the result of being hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. The sooner I can address the hunger, anger, loneliness, or sleep, the sooner I will feel better and be able to get back on track in my life and in my relationships. 
The second tool I use is one I have spoken about before on episode number 77 about going alcohol-free. This is probably my least popular episode because it's about not drinking alcohol, but bear with me here. I know especially around this time of year, alcohol is a staple in many of our environments, but this can cause some real damage to my progress and my happiness if I don't monitor it closely. For me, I had to be careful with my alcohol intake because it creates sluggishness and brain fog, which only exacerbate my feelings of stress and anxiety. Then I still have all the responsibilities of life and all of my hopes and dreams, but I have none of the drive to get things done because I am hungover. For me, alcohol takes a few days to wear off. Mostly because when I do drink, I don't have one or two drinks. It's more like four, five, six, seven, eight, ten drinks. And then I'm really feeling the effects the next day. If drinking becomes a weekly, daily, or even every other day habit, then it makes the work I want to do and need to do impossible. It also makes my self-care go out the window as I resign myself to staying in bed eating bad food, and watching mindless programming or scrolling on social media. I'm not saying you should never drink. I'm saying that drinking has an effect on your performance and your mood. And I know with absolute certainty that cutting it out or limiting your drinking will help you practice more self-care and keep your priorities and your life on track. Too much drinking has taken me way off course in the past, so I know this threat and I monitor it now so that it doesn't hold me back from the things I want to do. Which means if I know I'm going to drink, I make sure I'm in a good place to handle the hangover effects that will come afterward. I have to calculate the risk and decide if it's worth it. Sometimes it is, and that's fine. You just have to know for yourself how is this affecting you and how to manage it so you can still live the life you want and accomplish your goals, and be the person you want to be. Number three on the list is my favorite, and one I have been practicing for long before I knew its benefits, and that is walking. When I am feeling stressed, overwhelmed, angry, worried, sad, lonely, I take a walk. I go outside, Wherever I am, whether it's a parking lot or a parking garage or a mall or a stroll in the park, I take some time, usually 10 minutes to 40 minutes, to just walk without my phone, if possible. I walk and focus on my breathing, look at my surroundings, and really take in the moment that I'm living in to be present and aware of the world around me. For some reason, walking allows me to gain real perspective, and it gives me clarity. Now, this doesn't happen immediately. Sometimes I have to walk for 20 or 30 minutes before I start to feel some peace enter my mind, but sometimes it happens sooner than that, and it only takes five to 10 minutes. Walking is great for problem solving as well. I will go for a walk when I have a problem or a question I can't seem to answer. Somehow getting out and walking while I think about the issue gives my brain the opportunity to come up with new ideas and new perspectives. I also really enjoy taking what I call gratitude walks, where I walk and look around at whatever I see, and I'm thankful for that thing, 
whether it be a tree or a person or a dog or a building, I take the time to walk and look and be aware of what's around me and how blessed I am to be exactly where I am, still breathing, still walking, still seeing, and still living. Number four on my list is exercise. Moving my body in any way so that I can get my heart rate up and sweat. The more sweat, the better, because I am all about showing my work. I want to see the proof of my efforts, and working out is a great way to satisfy this need, especially when things are stressful or I feel out of control. Working out is something I can do on my own that gives me control and ownership over my body and mind. This one is not easy because you have to get yourself to do it, and that's difficult. So your mind will try to talk you out of it. But if you can resist the urge to be lazy and lean into the desire for self-care and self-love, you can begin to motivate yourself to get in the gym or park or wherever you work out and get the work done. Working out is one of my favorite ways to practice self-love, but it is a real challenge for me. There's a part of me that wants to do it, but there's always a tiny voice in the back of my head saying, oh, you can just skip it and sit on your ass looking at Instagram. But the answer has to be no, because sitting on my butt looking at Instagram is not going to make me feel better. Working out is definitely going to make me feel better. After I work out, I feel like I'm in control, like I'm the one calling the shots. And this is empowering and it helps. It helps me get back on track to do more of the things that make me feel strong and in control. Which brings me to my last and final tool for staying on the right path. And that is meditation. Now, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that you need to meditate every day or every week or even every month. I use meditation on an as-needed basis. This is not to say that there aren't great benefits to meditating every day, every week, but for me, this has never been the case. I use meditation when I'm really struggling to get myself back on track. When I have those moments of, who am I? What have I done? What am I doing? Why did I say that? Why did she say that? I get stuck in these loops that keep me from living my life and from being the person I want to be. And when I say stuck, I mean stuck. These thoughts will ruminate in my mind for hours or days or weeks until I decide to take action and do something about it. Meditation is often my last stop, my last resort, as I have already tried the other four tools I mentioned. Meditation is my Hail Mary technique to get me back to the present and what I'm here to do. I take 20 minutes when I meditate, but it can be for any amount of time you want. I'm usually in such a stressful place that it takes about 10 minutes for me to calm down and actually focus on my breathing. That's 10 minutes of racing thoughts and negativity that I have to push through in order to get to the peace and acceptance that I know is there. I meditate when I can't stop thinking about past scenarios or imagining future scenarios. I think about an email I received at work for four, five, six hours, or about a comment that the cashier said to me at the supermarket, or about why I said that dumb thing to my friend, or how am I going to fix something I want to change. These thoughts can be overwhelming and stop 
my progress, hindering me from being the person I want to be. Meditation is a practice, so it's never something you'll be, you will conquer or be an expert at. It's just about showing up, doing it, using the tool when you need to get back to yourself and be in the moment instead of living in the alternate reality of the past or the future. The more we can be connected and living in the present moment, the more we are able to connect and focus on what's really important. These five tools are what help me do the work I am meant to do and help keep me on track so I can do more good for more people. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for spending your precious time learning and growing with me. Now you know the five tools I use to help me stay on track, whether it's limiting alcohol, walking, exercise, meditation, or using the HALT technique. I hope that one of these will help you be the person you want to be and live up to your full potential. For all of the show notes and to sign up for exclusive updates, visit mytalkingdollars.com. If you haven't yet, don't forget to subscribe. And please join me next week for another conversation about living your best life and doing more good. Thank you. Love you. Bye.